Hello and welcome to Gatsby Fridays, a show about getting the best out of a creative life from two creative directors working around the world and based in New York City. I'm your host, Alex Tremilio. And I'm Sarah Semi. Today we talk about how a year in quarantine has given us the new normal. We talk about what we've learned and how we're adapting. And at the end of each episode, we make a signature cocktail to toast cheers to you. So hang with us as we go over a year in quarantine. I'm Alex. And I'm Sarah. And, and this, this is Gatsby, Gatsby Fridays. Fridays. Sarah, before we get into our conversation, how are you and what are you wearing? I'm good. It's a Sunday. We're recording this one. Mm-hmm. And it is the quarantine anniversary episode. So I decided that I should be wearing... Uh, yoga pants and, <laughs> yes. and a hoodie because it's Sunday comfort, but also this is the uniform of the quarantine. So I thought it was very appropriate. I, I put on the special uh, quarantine pants that I bought last year in the middle of the quarantine. I was like, well, if I can buy anything right now on the sale that I can wear, actually, it would be more yoga pants. <laughs> so that's what I'm wearing. Um, I'm doing good. It's, um, it feels good to be producing stuff. On a Sunday. Yes. I had a leisurely Saturday and all day long. So it's as as much as we all need these types of outings to feel a little bit more normal again. I also immediately after a whole day of not doing anything, I get that feeling of like, well, that was fun. What do we do now? (laughs) Like, like, what (laughs) do we do to like fun is fun. But I, 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 I had a lot of trouble like for years balancing this where I do want to go to brunch and then drink all afternoon and go to bed at 10 and feel like, oh, that was a fun day. I still want to keep doing them, but that can't be the only thing that I do. So for me, it felt like a pre-COVID day yesterday for a change. It was very strange. Like we, So from that perspective, coming back and working again today immediately and producing something feels also extra exciting. Ironically, we're talking about... <laughs> The quarantine. Yes. So it, it becomes more relevant to mention it, but otherwise, yeah, making stuff feels good. How are you and what are you wearing? I'm feeling good as well. I understand what you what you mean by it. And also what the quarantine has really led us to believe is comfort rules. I know we talked about and I miss dressing up, but I understand that also comfort rules. I remember at the early part of the of the quarantine, I wasn't even sure what to wear. So I was actually wearing sweatpants to work with like a blazer, <laughs> you know? No. So I'm like, uh, I know that there's this high and low. I should be wearing tailored clothing, but I also want to be comfort uh, comfortable at the same time. So I did that. But what I'm wearing is a, take, I'm taking a cue from you and wearing a denim shirt. And this uh, denim shirt has special it's significance. It's a nice one. Special significance for me because it's from a uh, Japanese brand, 45 RPM. Oh. And during the mid aughts i uh did a brief uh job at a store at this japanese store in soho 45 rpm and i wasn't there for that long but one of the interesting things is that it gave me especially the people that worked there this newfound respect and perspective on what my creative process is and how um i visualize that because a lot of the store was done with the with the intent of emotion so I would say, how would you want these jeans displayed or how you want this shirt displayed? And oftentimes my manager would say, I need you to think of Orion. And I said, what do you mean by that? I need you to think of constellations. Now go. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, that sounds like Gene <laughs> What do you mean? And he would then proceed to do this amazing display with all these like balled up 
bandanas everywhere and this and jeans hanging backwards so you can see the inner beauty of things. And that really has has really dictated my visual aesthetic, especially when it comes to display. And this shirt is significant because, it, I mean, it's old, it's tearing, but I still love it. Oh, no, denim doesn't. Unless it's like shredded and it's no longer. Well, you haven't seen the back. Like in the shape of a clothing piece, denim is denim. <laughs> denim, denim ages well. And it's like, you know, even if it's like. It's the character. Ripping, yeah. Yeah, and I love that. It's, it has holes in it. And I, I still keep on ripping and repairing it. I love it. And I'm wearing this uh, Afghan Wigs t-shirt a la my band t-shirt collection. And a funny story about. But it's about, not Friday. It's not Friday, but this will drop on a Friday. Huh, that is so true. So it's always going to drop on a Friday. So the, the interesting thing about the Afghan Wigs is that one of these big 90s bands. And I remember Kevin Charles, who's going to be on the podcast, uh, and I were going to see them in New York. And Greg Dooley, the singer, got into an argument with his security staff. Long story short, he got his head bashed in and he went to jail. What? <laughs> yes. So those tickets were null and void. A year later, Kevin and, Kevin and I go to London. And while we're hanging out in Soho... The Afghan wigs are performing. So we go see them perform. And we're like, this is amazing. We got to see them, we got to see the wigs perform in London, which was which was pretty awesome. Even so, better than if you were to see them in New York. Exactly. So this this shirt also holds significance. Nice. Yeah. Sarah, you're into the pandemic. How has your connection to your creative output changed? The first time we talked about this was our very first episode. Yes. Um, it seemed very appropriate to talk about what we were creating in the in the first like phase of quarantine. But that was a very, I mean, at least in New York, that phase, that was only the first three months of this whole thing that the world got into. Uh, New York got hit a lot and really heavy and really it, yeah. in the beginning. We locked down and even though there has been back and forth, it hasn't been as drastic as the rest of the world. Like So New York has been on a slowly opening steady slowly opening we haven't exactly been in quarantine the same way that the first three months were where we were like well what do we do like you know let's we take a painting down. yeah like you did braidings i did paintings um so that was different but from uh, by the end of that summer projects started coming up again and i work, was like work projects work projects yes. and i was like well it's not like i have a social life well t- let's take a long take them off yes and I've learned my lesson. That was not a good... <laughs> you saw like how I was just... I was running on empty. And it also made me miss... like Some of my consistent clients, we have softer deadlines. It's not like, okay, this is when we go live kind of things. It's just like, you know, they sent me a revision request. I sent it back. I never miss those tickets. Like I'm one of the things that I'm like, I'm very good. And I don't miss things. And I'm always on top of my stuff. I never deliver late. And it was so consistently late because none of their deadlines were as hard as the other ones that I took on, that at the end of the month, they were like, are you okay? And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, this is not like you, but it's also been a really strange time. So like it was, they handled it very sweetly. Like it was very supportive, but also it made me realize like, guys, I'm okay. I just did it the wrong way. Instead of like, I didn't shut down creatively that I didn't do work. I just thought that, you know, I have nothing else to do. So let me just keep doing more work. Why not? It'll keep me busy. So I also learned like, you know, just because my social life has emptied out in a way a little bit doesn't mean that I should fill that up with more work. True. I should, right? Like that doesn't mean that it's like, okay, if you have this free time, let's fill it all in. Um, 
and then we did we we've done two seasons of this episode this this podcast in in quarantine now we're like just starting the third one the second season was towards the holidays so all my creative output went into the podcast everything that i was doing was revolving around this and balancing act with everything like you know the paying projects absolutely Uh, so my creative output i tried to change it it didn't work so it turns out more time does not mean more output Um, for me, I had to learn to say, okay, so this is the, this is my bandwidth. This is how much I can take on, on a given day. And I think the world was already, uh, I think people like, you know, doing remote work kind of thing. Everyone like, you know, talking about mental health has already had started before the world shut down. So in a way this made us realize that it's okay. You don't have to constantly be creating, which I ha- I made that comment in the first episode saying like, you know, it's not a, what was it? Like, it's not a creativity competition or something like yes. that. Um, it's not a comp, it's not a productivity it's competition. It's not a productivity co- competition. It's not, but it also turns out that, you know, you would think that I would have figured it out by now that, you know, my reserves are not endless. <laughs> true, true. I, I feel like we, I feel like we're actually, we're doing, it's kind of a triptych or like a three episode thing. And we're talking about the quarantine. We're talking about how the quarantine has affected the the world and we're talking and we're going to be talking we're going to expand the conversation on how the quarantine has affected other people in the creative community but you're right you know it's it, it was never a productivity competition and for me my creative output has been partly a large part of this podcast i get fidgety with my hands so i need to constantly be working off the off screen and offline and just do stuff with my hands and those projects migrated into other projects but I feel like you took upon watchmaking for a while. I took upon watchmaking, which is <laughs> I, I can't even begin to explain. The, I get really myopic, and I love tiny things. <laughs> watchmaking is not for me, maybe. Um, so I, I, I took on that, uh, you know, and I'm still learning my process. I'm still learning about things I want to do that's independent of the work that I do. But regarding my paid work. Yes, everyone took a pause. I mean, we stopped going, we stopped doing shows, we stopped doing shoots, which made us reevaluate how we shoot, what it takes to do these projects and the personnel, and what made us evaluate because you had you had time to to do that. To really assess what are we doing? Why are we doing what we're doing? And it's nice. It's good, yeah. It made us really think about we don't need all the bloat. But at the same time, I feel what was missing is the tactileness of what I did because a lot of it has been digital. And for the first time in a long time, we're actually producing a physical book, mm-hmm. which I am really, really excited about. So That's exciting. Those are good, those are good things that have come well, What do you this. think, uh, how, how has the working from home flexibility come into play? Because I, I was already doing my own thing. So I, I feel like the world just caught up with me. I also... When I have really heavy deadlines, I don't have time to get, you know, put clothes on and do my hair, whatever. I need to like hit the laptop first thing in the morning and work nonstop without any interruptions. And like, even when I was working, when it wasn't a thing to even ask for it, certain days when I had really heavy deadlines, I would ask for it. Um, so the world, I, I just keep joking that the world caught up with me, <laughs> but true. that was, that's, you, you had an, you know, like regular everyday Nine to five type of thing. And I not had, even five, even later. Later than five, yes. I mean, the, the creative world does not stop at 5 p- p.m., right? 
So um, not having to physically be in that routine, how has that affected you? Because a lot of people are complaining. It's been weird. It's been weird. And I also have a family. So working from home it, with, with, in relation to homeschooling and making sure that they're on their Zoom meetings just as much as I am on my Zoom meetings has been challenging. I have to say, and this, and this may not be a popular opinion for a lot of people, I don't mind going into the office. It, uh, see, for me, I could live without it. See, it gives me, it kind of gives me a solid place to say this is where work needs to be done. And, and that was another challenging thing about the quarantine. Work and home life became so blurred that it was hard for people to distinguish the two. And also boundaries were broken. I remember getting emails and texts late into the evening and presumed because I was home that I could do the work. That's not the case. Oh, because clearly you have no, you can't be going anywhere anyway. Because you can't go anywhere anyway, and you're in front of your. Presumably, you have a computer next to you that you can do the work at any time, and that was a boundary that was crossed many times. But that's since subsided. Interesting. Yeah. So do you I mean, you get that? You understand? Like I understand that. For me, it's been well. I I guess I I mean I was thrown into like I was I I didn't have this like freelance experience before when I went on on my own. So over time, when everybody was working, like I didn't have what you just explained as like, you know, boundaries in a sense. But I also had learned to set my own boundaries, which I'm struggling with now. Because part of me to like, you know, if you don't, if you're working from home, my schedule was that my gym had classes that I needed to go to at noon. So that means that it's a 45 minute class. I'm back at one. I need to eat something. So I did not schedule a single thing with a client before 2 p.m. And anytime anybody wanted to talk to me, I'd be like, anytime after two, here's the calendar. Tell me what works best for you. Anytime, but not before two. So one of the one of my colleagues actually asked me, like, do you just take the morning to work? And I was like, yeah, I focus on the work. And I'm like, no, I focus on other things in the morning because I actually do work at late at night because I don't have kids. And that's how you work best. actually. Yeah. And because then no one's emailing me with things, there's no interruptions. I I, I can't run errands like there's nothing going on at night. So I actually do more effective and more like I'm more efficient when I work at night. But I used to have I had to learn how to set those boundaries for myself before so now it wasn't wasn't that different because well now i had no gym to go to so i'm trying to like bring those types of boundaries back for myself now because well if if the workout is on demand and you know if i don't make it at noon by noon to the gym then i miss that entire day versus if i just all have to do is like you know put my laptop aside and set my yoga mat here in the middle of my living room and hit play i don't I'll just do it in half an hour. Yes, I was actually going to ask you, does that line start to get blurred? That's what my line, that's what I lost. And it's like, you know, it's, I actually like the convenience of like, you know, not wasting time to get to the gym and come back with not that that was that much of a hassle, but like when, when the work, because it's also the middle of the work day, I, I've lost some sort of structure, obviously, Mm. but it's mine isn't as obvious as, as most people's are because mine was like, I just couldn't go to the gym. So that means like everything that I plan around the day. I don't do the gym because I keep putting it off because I don't like working out. I just know that I, I do better if I do. And if it's something that I'm not thrilled to do immediately, like it's not like me cooking. Like I, I need any excuse to cook. So I don't care what time and it is. And you still need to cook. Yeah. Like I don't care what time it is, but like with the work, how I just never pissed play. And if I never pressed play that, that delayed my day. And then it was just like, it's not working out. How is it now? 
It's still not working. It's still yeah. not working. Okay. <laughs> I actually, well, last month. You got to figure the, that out then. Well, yeah. Last month, the studios in New York City have opened up to workouts. Yes. And I just yesterday morning bought a, a starter pack to a place down the block. Okay. That my friend recommended that I would like because I was like, I, I need something. I need something to get me out of the house when I don't work out, like when I'm not going anywhere. But I also need something that's on it. Something I already paid for that if I don't show up. I lose money. That is incentive, yes. On top of the the, the feeling that you get when you skipped your workout. Because it, it never feels good once that like phase is over. Then you're like, well, today was a waste that I didn't get to work out. Like, it's, it feels fine when you're putting it off because you're in denial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it always so much better when you're like, okay, yes, I finished this. Let's move on to the next thing. Anyway, so like I'm just literally now, a whole year later, going to go to my first workout class somewhere else that's not my apartment this week has your creative insight changed like Hmm. how do you see your creative intake now intake meaning meaning like how do you see things differently now that you've been through this time so here's the thing like the time that you spent typically going to your classes gives you the morning to kind of hopefully maybe think creatively and then refocus your energy that obviously has changed so how, how do you deal um, with that? I'm, I'm a huge procrastinator, and that's kind of, um, it's a painful process. It's, you are who you are. Um, so I put it off, I put it off, I put it off. But I also do my work, like I do the most creative part of the thinking subconsciously. Like I don't sit there and look at the screen and say, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. It's, it's always, I tell my clients, like, you know, even if you know you're not ready with a brief, tell me that it's coming tell me the gist of it and then you, you, you let me know when the brief is ready and let's go over it together but allow me to start thinking about it in the back of my mind mm-hmm. so that hasn't changed that much for me I think what I'm missing is our the best thing last last year was honestly that I think the look of this season being well we're going back to the 90s a little bit yes um, and we're both very excited about that but I think the thing that made me focus on that is is the black and white photos we saw at the Whitney when we did our Chelsea episode. Yes. Because classic black and white photography is, is very different when we talk about it in depth in that episode. I miss that visual accumulation of stuff, I guess. you go to I go to the museum. It doesn't usually... I don't really notice the direct impact of things. You look at the museum, you walk around the street, you interact with stores. Like Stores are still, like you said, with your, uh, with your RPM work... All of that is, it's still creative work. It's someone's putting their heart and soul in it. And like just being in like walking in front of it is even some sort of exposure. Yes. Having lost that exposure, I think was hard for me. Mm. And the, the media I consume ends up being either books or TV shows. And that's as much, as much as we're doing beautiful TV shows now, it's not enough. And it's, and because of that, I can notice the direct impact of that the new museum inspiration. It wasn't like, okay, Definitely. how can I use this? But when I'm looking at photos, that's the it made me realize I miss classic photography. So it made me look into how we can bring that in, but not like consciously. Again, like, no, no. It just but that's kind part of, of the like, creative insight that you. The creative found. consumption is what I miss. I think that's what I'm struggling with the most. Not being in the presence of this. It, it shouldn't be this like active, I went to the museum always. It should be just, I'm, I live in it. That's why I live in New York. And so that's something I think it changed my creative, creative process a little bit. So Alex, 
What are some of the welcome changes for you? Time. I feel like not only have we found time to do our passion project, which is this podcast, there was, there's been a lot of soul searching, I think, we've all done as a, as a society and what we've all done individually inside ourselves. And I think what, what this time has given me is really time to think about what I really want to do. And I enjoy my creative life now even more than ever. Like doing this with you and, and like asking the questions and really following through on, on our investigation on ourselves has been so enlightening to me. And what's great about what we're doing is we're expanding that question more broadly and asking people that we know what their creative processes are. So I feel like gaining better questions are making me happy. That's very positive. Yes. What about you? What are some welcome changes? I think patience. We, patience and kindness. Mm. We have a lot more understanding towards others now because we've all been through some stuff. And, and you know, like not everybody talks about it even as they're going through, even COVID-related. Like I, you know, you find out that someone lost someone that you didn't know about before they didn't tell you and you find out later but you're you know we all because you assume that people could be going through really heavy stuff right now so we don't we have it kind of made us nicer to each other i think um it created this understanding of first of all we learned to actually really ask each other how we're doing yes i was about to say and actually listen to the response it wasn't like hey what's up yeah no it's Um, like it's how are you doing yeah and that's and I think that also, like, besides the pandemic and its damages, I think bes- I think with all of the reckoning this past summer, I think asking each other how we're doing is also kind of uh, sparked by that. Uh, it, it's it's making us nicer to each other, which is nice. But I also think that it because of that, like when we're asking people, we're more understanding towards them. So we're not expecting people to act a certain way anymore. We all mm. have a little bit more freedom to say, that's, I'm not feeling that right now, and that's okay. Like, I don't feel like being social right now, and, and I think that's kind of hard to say. Like, still, even then, like, as soon as I say it, I'm like, well, you know, you're just coming out of the quarantine. You haven't been social for a year. Why would you not be? That's okay. Yes. Like, it, before that, I would feel maybe more guilty or... Um, ashamed of saying like oh god I just can't be socializing right now. I don't have the bandwidth or like the emotional bandwidth for it but now it's it's more acceptable to say that it's more you feel I mean I feel less judged but I also feel like it gives I I know because other people are not looking at us like well what's wrong with you right? I do like I do like our check-in but I also want to check in with other people yeah. And I feel like now there's just more of that happening. People are checking in with me. People are calling me as far as Australia just to check in, just to see how I'm doing. People I have not people from Germany are coming in to check well, in that's on one me. Thing. And that it's, is wonderful. Like I call has, my friends it too. It has created a lot of it has strengthened a lot of friendships. Yes. Um, a lot of family bonds. But you want to know how that you just yes, want to like, just make sure people they are your family, no matter what. So like, you know, sometimes we take that for granted and like don't do our due diligence as much mm-hmm. but now it's not like that i've definitely connected with my um, family in turkey a lot more um i've also noticed you know some people that we i wasn't in touch with or maybe i think maybe like the relationships were a little more distraught 
uh, that just kind of they just fell through the cracks mm. and i think that just kind of we were already feeling it going in that direction and it just kind of put a point into it do you when when you think about those types though you know we've been talking about connecting and now these are lost connections yeah that how do you also feel about happened. that it's heartbreaking because yeah. it it's something that well if it didn't if we didn't lose the connection up until now it's because we were trying somehow and it was assumed that it was there yes but ev the same way that it made people come out of from long lost friends come out of their place and reach out to you when people are doing that and you don't get that from a relationship that's already kind of on the rocks mm. it kind of says okay it was on the rocks and now this is what it is maybe it's it's maybe it's a pal cleanser in a sort of way right like yeah you don't need everybody that you know in your life because now we want the people who care about us who take it upon themselves to make sure that you're okay and that's the kind of care i want like I, it's not an angry like oh whatever like it's just okay i know All where right. i stand now i know where we stand now and that's kind of a like it's of course it's sad but it is a refreshing there is a clarity to that clarity okay i guess that's a better word that yes. you used so there's always going to be both sides of the story of like you know the yes. connections that you made it's definitely strengthened some of my relationships that i didn't expect on top of i mean i'm not reiterating the things that you already said in terms of like doing this podcast um really talking through things also made me more grounded in what i want in my life so then you know that well, on the rocks relationships it's like okay i know where i stand you know i think there's this notion because I some part of me is sad because there are relationships even though many of the relationships I kind of rekindled and reconnected with people there were some relationships that kind of faded away with yeah. people that I was really yeah, close like, to faded away it wasn't like a, an explosion that ended it no right? like, no it just no. made it just gave it a end I think there are friendship cycles and right now I'm in the I am in the outer orbit of one particular of a couple of particular friendship cycles that will eventually orbit back in again into my yeah. life. And I and I hope that that's the case because I really miss those people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, miss, miss people, but also, again, like, we... Thank God we have technology. <laughs> um, yes and no. <laughs> are you kidding? I haven't seen my mom in a year and a half. Okay, well, in that right? regard, like, yes. Some, you don't leave your apartment. You also have family that lives with you. So for me, the fact that there's technology is how I stayed connected. So without that, first of all, my biggest fear was that I wouldn't have internet. And I was like, what would I do? Oh, wow, what yes. would I do? Because there wouldn't be anything to watch. I can't go anywhere. <laughs> I can't order the books. Food. I can't download the books. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like it was just like, it, it just really showed how much internet i rely on but also everyone was like in the beginning when it was new york it's like new york is in such a bad shape how are you doing i'm like this city was built on delivering everything on demand i'm not missing on any i'm not lacking anything i'm safe i'm inside i never have to leave because if even if it wasn't a quarantine in new york city you can live very well without ever having to leave your apartment that is everything unsettling, gets, yes. Yes, it is unsettling. <laughs> but like, so it wasn't like I, I was lacking anything. Yes, toilet paper shortage or like paper towel shortage and all this weird stuff. But like, it's not like there weren't any paper towels. It just wasn't the one that I liked. <laughs> like, I guess I was leaning on, on the, 
the yes and no of the technology because I'm just over Zoom meetings. Oh my God, who is it? I'm so done with Zoom parties. Oh God, no. And no. Zoom meetings. I am done with the parties. I am so done with them. That's why I was just like, yeah, no, I'm technology, that. I don't know if it's been that wonderful for us. But, yes, I know. But like, but I hear what you're saying. Like for me, I, like, I can't, like, because I haven't gone home to see my family. Yes. I actually now have regular, for a while also, there was a lot of birthdays. After New Year's, I think every other week, six weeks, we had another one of those. And it, it's my uncle, it's my uncle's wife, my cousin, my mom, brother, their parents. Like, it's a lot. Like, it's also, you know, when it's older people, like, they're not as technologically advanced. So <laughs> there's a lot of challenges there. Yes. Um, and it's a it's a group conversation with people. I was like, if, if I, even if we were at the same place, I wouldn't see you this often for birthdays ever so Amazing, like, I got right? to, like you know i got to celebrate my cousin's grandparents birthday and i'm like well that's great because i have no person i don't have grandparents of my own left alive so it was kind of really nice to celebrate somebody's grandparents that's still extended family yes so actually as much as i was gonna say just like oh yeah i'm yeah i'm not doing those parties anymore my birthday's coming up so i got i got a slew of <laughs> zoom calls coming up my way there you go well but it's still, again, it's going to add on to the experience of like, you know, I get to celebrate my birthday instead of like a small phone call, which is always appreciated not to frown upon the phone call. But now I actually get to have FaceTime and it's a connection that as much as I hate the Zoom part of it, it actually. Okay, you've, you've swayed me slightly. I, that doesn't mean that I like Zoom work calls. <laughs> I've, I've actually given up. I don't like my, my friend was like, well, I still do my makeup every morning for Zoom calls. And I was like. Oh, no, I let that go a long time ago. Workout top, frizzy bun, I don't care. Or you don't have to do video. <laughs> it's weird when, the, when that other... When there's just a blank screen. Yes. Now. Yeah, it is. That it is. annoys me more. Okay. All Show right. up as who you were. No one's judging whatever and I, Yeah, and that's another thing. No one's really... Ju at this point... Everyone understands, like, you don't need to dress up, I think. But I'm judging if you're the awkward one that's not showing, but I'm like, I'm already there with video, so just turn it on. Unless you say, I'm sorry, I'm not doing the video for a particular reason, for I don't know, like, but, you know, just without even mentioning it, not turning on the video. Okay. And then you, Seems real Because I can't shady. be like, why isn't your video turned on to a client? Mm -hmm. It's weird. It makes it uncomfortable. So I'm, like, talking to a blank screen, like, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. When we get back, we'll continue our conversation. This is Gatsby Fridays. Sarah, what are your lasting impressions? What would you change about this time? I'm, I'm not the kind of person that, like, even with the worst experiences of my life, and be like, oh, that never happened. I'm also, you know, like, not to dismiss other people's um, grief through this time. And I've been lucky and grateful. I'm so grateful that I've been lucky enough to my parents still healthy and well, my family. So I, And I, I had a moment to recuperate. We started doing this project because it allowed us time for it. Everything is working at a slower pace. I wouldn't change things. I mean, that also doesn't mean that, you know, we hit this week 3 million lives lost globally, the, the mark. So that's really sad. So I don't, when I say this, I don't mean it in that, oh, I wouldn't change anything and let's keep this. Yes, it's we're not just, naive to that. Um, like talking about how my life and my process has been impacted not in the sense that you know how many lives are lost the, from that perspective because this is this is my reality and I gotta do the best I can with what's in front of me I'm not the kind of person that's gonna stomp their feet and say well I didn't want this I didn't want that because working on that to move past it and and rolling with what we have right now is looking on the bright side of things is it gives it gave it made us connect kinder to each other and it gave us time for things the pace isn't as 
overwhelming. Doesn't mean that the work amount of work isn't overwhelming. Yes. So the takeaways would be I changing it. Of course, like no lives lost, people's trauma. It's there's a lot that could be changed on a global scale from an indi- from an individual. I'm doing the best I can. I feel like if I want to change things, it would make me sound ungrateful. I'm glad I'm glad you answered it that way because I wasn't thinking about it in terms of the larger scope of of everything that's going on, which is very very naive of me to to think. But yes, I mean we're 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 not naive to the fact that this is a pandemic. There has been many many countless lives lost, a number that it's it's hard to even fathom. Yeah, I was thinking when we were talking earlier that there's that. Uh, meme where somebody did something about um, Jeff Bezos' wealth and grains of rice. And I'm like, I need to see this number in grains of rice, that type of experiment where it's like someone really visually puts it in front of me. It's like, this is one life and this is three million lives and this is that. Like, wow. Yeah. And this is what the full world population is in like, you know, infographic. So understanding that aspect of the times in which we live in now the takeaways, like you said, kindness is something that I think people sometimes are in short supply, but now we're starting to push that forward. In terms of the creative process and how I think of creativity, I want to take on more projects and want to think of creative things one step at a time. And it's not a productivity contest. I really like that. I really like, maybe that should be a (laughs) t-shirt. Maybe we'll release one. Now, I, I mean, after a whole year, maybe we did it right the first time around. We got it right the first episode where that came out, right? There was that whole like meme about Einstein saying that they dis- Einstein discovered this under quarantine or some something like that. Darwin discovered something in quarantine, some sort of like, you know, scientific genius. Big and I was like, I'm like, well, I, I'm sorry. What? You didn't cure cancer yet? <laughs> like, <laughs> in sorry, quarantine? that's not coming out. Like, that's, that's not where I'm at right now. But yeah, it's for me, it's... I'm really grateful for the things that we have been able to hold on to. I've learned not to overwhelm myself because apparently I'm not a creativity machine either. Just because I have more time doesn't mean I can produce more. I I would like to say the takeaway again is treat yourself and others kindly. And now for our favorite part of this and every episode, our signature cocktail. Sarah, what do you have for us? For this episode, I wanted to go back to our very first cocktail, the hibiscus tea Negroni. Negroni, yeah. Uh, mezcal Negroni that we did. So um, that was a home-brewed hibiscus tea inspired by quarantine drinking, an article that I read and all of that. So I wanted to do something that's in the same spirit but different. Um, so instead, today I'm making a blueberry tea margarita. You need fresh blueberries and you need to first brew the blueberry tea. So I like this... Um, Republic of Tea has a, it's called a daily beauty brand. Don't be like, you know, overwhelmed. Don't be discouraged by the beauty word and the thing. It's a blueberry lavender tea. It's very delicious. And I like, I like fruity teas as iced teas usually. I just brew them and put them in the fridge. As is. As is, just because bottled teas are sweetened, whatever. But this one, it has a beautiful purple color. Um, but to be able to make the cocktail, you have to brew the tea and chill it first. Mm. So you start with that first step. But when you're making the cocktail, um, you take a handful of blueberries, depending on your taste, uh, how much you want, and a sprig of thyme. You put it in a shaker, you muddle, and then you add two parts tequila, two parts of the blueberry tea that you made before. You juice a quarter of lime. I like things limey, so I put sometimes half a lime on mine, but then if you're trying to really go for the blueberry taste, you don't want to suppress it with the extra lime. Okay. You add the ice into your shaker, shake it up, 
and you strain it into a glass of glass full of ice. Some people like the muddled blueberries in their drinks. Some people don't. This makes it a very clear drink, but the tea make gives it a beautiful purple color. And then I like things a little fizzy always in my cocktails. I top it off with Italian soda like Pellegrino, uh, not sweetened, just like straight up mineral water. Drop a few blueberries and a sprig of thyme for garnish because it still gives you that fragrance when you're like sipping it if the thyme mm. is in there. I'm ready to enjoy it. Thank you for hanging with us. For a list of resources mentioned in this episode, hop onto our site, GatsbyFridays.com. You can find the blueberry tea margarita recipe on our site, GatsbyFridays.com. For show notes, if you want to leave a comment or suggest a show topic, get at us on our site. Don't forget to rate us, give us five stars, and write a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps to get us in front of more ears and build our audience. Or if you're a Spotify person, make sure you follow Gatsby Fridays. Follow us on Instagram for exclusive content, like me making our margarita drink, on our Insta stories throughout the week. Stay with us on our next episode. We continue our movie series with The Matrix. This, this is Gatsby, Gatsby Fridays. Fridays.